No, <laughs> I don't know any of the local councillors, I'm afraid, no. Yes, a couple of them, but don't give me, don't ask me to give you their names. Not now, I don't. Uh, no, I don't. That's really bad, isn't it? <laughs> uh, Suzanne, I can see her face back here. I don't really know much about the local council. No, no. Well, I've read their names, but I can't remember. Having a clue, ah. Welcome to Democracy on Your Doorstep, the podcast that explores the relationship between local councils and the communities they represent. I am Stephen Bark, and I am the local democracy reporter for South Lanarkshire. It is very broad because you have Hamilton, East Kilbride, Cambus Lang, the, the urban part of South Lanarkshire, which is the Glasgow suburb in essence, and then you have Bigger, Lanark, Curluck, which is, I, I mean, those three towns are spaced over a huge area, the, the gaps between them, because it's such a rural place, Clydesdale, in the south of the county. It's one of the things that they've got in their local development plan. They do have areas set out for housing. There are targets that the government want them to meet because that's a, that's a big thing that the SNP always chime on about. We've built so many council houses since we came into, came into office. So I, I tend to, when I teach housing stuff, I would normally say social housing is non-market housing. It's not allocated by the market. The rents or prices are not market rents or prices. In addition to that, additional tenancy security attached to the property. So it has multiple attributes. My name is Ken Gibb. I'm a professor at the University of Glasgow and I'm the director of the UK Collaborative Centre for Housing Evidence, or CASH. In Britain, we primarily have social housing in two forms, housing associations, or a third sector, formally, and councils, also local government. Most other countries don't have council housing at all. Social, social housing was never the dominant tenure in England. It actually was in Scotland. And, and the growth in homeownership happened later it's in Scotland. I mean, the councils do have an obligation to build more social housing. It's not always as simple as uh, going out and building however many houses. I mean, you, you do need them in the right area. If you're able to say to someone in Hamilton, we have this house for you in Lanark, oh, the council's obligation is just to house them, and that's, that's, that's the problem. If you, don't have, if you don't have the means to live in Lanark, as much as there's a house there for you, it's kind of pointless. Under the Housing Scotland Act 1987, councils have to provide or take an application from anyone who finds themselves homeless. My name is Aoife Deary and I'm a Campaigns and Policy Officer at Shelter Scotland. Some local authorities or most local authorities have their own housing stock as well and they should use that to provide secure housing for people who can't secure their own. Local authorities also are being asked by the Scottish Government to really change the way they deal with homeless people too so that people are spending less time in temporary accommodation and that they're housed quicker. Um, but we know that this is going to be a massive challenge for local authorities to actually do. I think it's I think it's a national problem rather than a local problem just because because the numbers nationally really and because every council has their own obligation to house people in their own area and then because it was some politician's brilliant idea to sell off all the council houses back in the 1980s so Yeah, they're no, they're, they're no building enough social housing. Yeah, they're no building enough houses. It's too many private houses, not enough council houses for people that have to live with their families for a long time. It means that life stops because you've got more than one family in one house and it just doesn't work. But yeah, I think social housing could actually be a bit better. 
and there should be more made available? Is lack of land supply, uh, particularly slow planning process, and lack of skills, particularly in the construction industry. Um, being able to afford to buy a house, being able to get onto the housing list so that you'll be able to get access to one because I know that the housing lists are very long. Margaret Thatcher came in and let us all buy our houses, but she, she was supposed to, when she, when she let us buy our houses, that the money she earned off it was supposed to build other council houses, which they haven't done. I grew up at a time when the Tories had taken power in 1979. That politicised me, particularly looking at the local area. Uh, the local steelworks was closed, uh, the local Hoover plant closed, and I saw a lot of unemployment. And that sort of moved me into politics. I joined the Labour Party when I was 17. I'm James Kelly. I'm a list MSP for the Glasgow region. I was previously constituency MSP for the Rutherglen constituency. Obviously, when the Tories won in 1979, they adopted a policy of allowing people to buy their own council house which was, was actually quite popular in a, in a lot of areas. A lot of working class people took that, that option up. People want a home they can call their own. The last Conservative government encouraged councils to sell, but all too often Labour councils refused. This brought disappointment to many, many people. But this time we're going to make it a matter of the law of the land. If you've been a council tenant for at least three years, you'll have the right by law to buy your house, and that's that. And you'll be able to buy it at a price that's one-third below market value. The, the downside of that is that it, it coincided with a time where there were massive local government spending cuts, and therefore, from around about 83, 84 onwards, there was hardly any uh, council house building taking place. That pressure of, you know, right to buy, draining the stock and not being able to replenish it with new stock has continued to be a problem all the way through from the 1980s. Colin Joanne Lamont to open the debate. Miss Lamont, please. Thank you very much, Deputy Presiding Officer. I am privileged to open this debate on the role of housing cooperatives and their potential to address some of the many housing challenges we face in Scotland. The purpose of the debate on the 12th of June was to celebrate these successes but not only that crucially was to try and push the idea of housing co-ops up the, the political agenda. The cooperative movement is of course a global movement but one that delivers change at the most local of levels making a real and measurable difference to lives of families and communities. May I thank all those who have supported this motion and to those including West Whitleburn Housing Co-op who shaped its findings. I first experienced kind of Whitleburn face up when I went campaigning in the, the 1988 council elections up there. You could see um, the, 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 the quality of the housing, particularly in the multi-storeys, which is on the West Whitleburn side. Uh, was quite poor and there was quite a lot of antisocial behaviour. People basically got together and took that section of what were born over as a housing co-op and through local control and local people and the housing co-op model they were able to transform that area. Uh, thank you Miss Lamont and can I gently say to the public in the gallery I do understand why you want to applause but we do we do not permit applause from the gallery. Thank you. We, we had a privileged evening in the Scottish Parliament and Joanne Lamont very articulately spoke of the benefits and great huge successes of 
of housing cooperatives in, in Glasgow and in Scotland. I'm Paul Farrell. It's uh, my privilege to be director of West Wallaburn Housing Cooperative. I've been director of West Wallaburn Housing Cooperative since 1989, which was at the point of the organisation's uh, inception. West Wallaburn Housing Cooperative is a, it's an independent landlord based on cooperative principles where all tenants are members of the cooperative. The, the, the community here own all the properties, not individually, but collectively. When it was first built in the, the late 60s, it was viewed as an idyllic, uh, new, modern, bright estate of systems-built properties, multi-storey stock with verandas. The systems-built uh, construction, Rima and Bison construction types, were by and large designed for, for climates like North Africa not for uh, Lanarkshire in, in, in Scotland. So it quickly became obvious that the, 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 the physical fabric of the property was deteriorating pretty quickly and the social fabric was deteriorating with crime and chaotic lifestyles and drugs and theft and break-ins. And the, the chairperson, the original chairperson, was a, a man called Phil Welsh. Uh, Phil was an ex-trade union leader, ex-steel worker who was bringing up his family in an environment which he simply wanted to improve. My name's Philip Welsh, and I'll say Junior, because obviously that's, that's my father's name there. Well, obviously this is going here, this is a, the, the entry system there, obviously you've got a, you get a fob key, everybody gets their own fob key. Years ago, before West Whitlevon took care, it was obviously, it was just swinging doors, so you could walk in, no problem, and it's anybody could get in. The tenants either had the option of remaining with the council or looked to an alternative. A housing cooperative was, was, was floated as a notion and they wanted to leave the dark past of West Whitleburn under council control behind them. It's an old saying that it's like night and day compared to what it was. I'm not saying Whitleburn was a bad place to live in. It's always been a great place to live in, but the houses and the process of how the towers and that look, as I say, I don't know if anybody will find you old photos of the towers, how grey and depressed and things like they look like, you know what I mean? It's really depressing look, but now it's, it's vibrant and it's it's constantly checked. That's the thing about it, you feel safe in here. I'd like to find out if there's anything as good as what we've got here. I mean, 30 years on from where it started and getting better day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year, but getting better, striving to make sure our community's here. As a tree on the logo just now is, it's grown all the time. A tree grows and grows and grows. Started with then your flats up, your maisonettes, and now it's gone to that extreme now that they've built our own houses. People can get to the same, get housing associations or co-ops and get in the same level, or close to the same level as West Waterburn. You've want to watch. You can't ask for any more than that. Um, so there's just not enough and it's not big enough and some of it is in disrepair. You know, if houses are damp, you know, it, it causes health problems and things like that, you know, so, and you know, people are more happy if they live in, in better housing, I think, you know, so. So much overcrowding in a lot of areas. But the, in the South Lancashire Council Housing Estates, I've noticed that there's a very poor level of maintenance. So for example, gutters are often blocked, which means that rainwater then goes into the housing itself. So simple spending of maintenance would save an awful lot of money. They're lacking funds to the local authorities. Their money's getting cut constantly. There's a lot of renovation happening, so it is improving, I would say. I don't know, I guess the council need more funding, don't they? <laughs> I never actually thought I would see a council house built in my lifetime, but you know, it's been nice to see them. <laughs> Thank you.
Yeah, so if you Google uh, the UN building, it looks like a, a bigger version of South Lanarkshire Council. 15th floor. Josh Wilson, um, a councillor in Hamilton and also Chair of Housing and Technical Resources at South Lanarkshire Council. My name is John Ross, I'm a councillor here in Hamilton. I'm also leader of South Lanarkshire Council. This is the, the administration side. This is side the administration myself. side. I sit here. Uh, and Tories here, uh, Labour here, independents at the back. And the public galleries at the back as well. Yeah. Um, at the moment, we are the fourth largest lo um, social landlord in Scotland in the region of 25,000 uh, houses. Um, we have an extensive waiting list, a waiting list that we're trying to bring down. West Whitleyburn are going to be taking on 70 of the properties and they'll be managing them as the uh, housing association there'll be a development site for 100 private lets and there'll be in the region of 200 uh, 170 council properties mm. what we're talking about here is the complete regeneration of an area and although there may be some teething problems we haven't to decant people for a short period of time the legacy that this site will reap for years 10 you know mm. tens of years to come will be you know uh, huge, you know. Well, the problem, the problem, one of the problems that we had in East Whitwellybourne was the unpopularity. No yeah. one would really take a tenancy no in it. In there. No, no one would go into it. Uh, obviously, this was all done before our administration was took over the housing stock in South Lanarkshire. But eighty percent of the tenants, the residents that we engaged with, supported the master plan development. They were pre presented with a number of options, including one of which was um, the existing stock remaining and being extensively. Um, done up and extensively invested in uh, and overwhelmingly tenants and residents uh, chose by 80% for a, a new the master plan that was proposed. You wouldn't know there weren't bought houses. You know, the, to all intents and purposes, you would look at it and go, wow, it's a fabulous new house. You know, it's the, the, I'm sure anybody would be happy to live in accommodation uh, uh, of the like that we're now providing. It should be it should be a starter pack for somebody, shouldn't it? It should be something to start, any 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 person to start, but it shouldn't be too expensive. Social housing is to, to help people that are trying to get a house, maybe families that are struggling and trying to get a wee bit better, so yeah, it's, it's to try and help. Council properties to use what, you know, maybe your grandparents were in sort of thing. Uh, affordable. It's probably um, run by a housing association or a housing cooperative. So social housing is basically a social housing that is run by a local authority, um, so they're the landlords. Well, social housing can be either the council-owned housing or housing through a housing association. So we're currently at phase two, we're actually at the area which is going to be the open plan area. So at the moment um, the demolition contractor is just demolishing. Tracy O'Donnell, area housing manager for South Lanarkshire Council for Canvas Line and Rubicon area. Thirty years ago, West Whitleyburn Housing Co-op was created. Half of the properties in the Whitleyburn area um, transferred over into West Whitleyburn Housing Co-op. The remaining properties then became to be known as East Whitleyburn. Following the consultation with our tenants and residents, this is very tenant-led and tenant-driven from what the tenants want. South Lancashire Council's committee gave approval for full demolition 
of the stock in East Whitleyburn in 2016. We have had um, people living in Whitleyburn who were quite happy to move out with the area to facilitate um, this demolition process to go ahead and they are going to move back. And there's other people that we've been quite lucky that we've been able to move out to houses that meet their, their housing requirements at the moment and they've moved out on a permanent basis. So we still, at the moment, we've got 110 tenants still living in Whitleyburn who are likely to be living through the duration of this new build programme and they are, are the lucky ones that are going to be able to get rehoused in the new build and that still leaves us a surplus of stock that we are going to then be able to, be able to create and build a new community. We've had nothing but positive feedback from all the tenants and I think that's what we're really looking forward to, being able to have their own garden and have their own space. I think it's like everything else, there's people who are living in the flats that have never had gardens before who are really keen and looking forward to it. There'll be people who maybe won't be interested in doing their garden, so it's just about understanding what tenants' um, needs and what their wishes are. We're going to see Mummy's old house. My name's Connie Pierce Romaine and uh, I used to live in East Whitleyburn. So we've just walked about 10 minutes uh, from West Whitleyburn to East Whitleyburn. There's a massive difference in how it looks. East Whitleyburn is very run down. It's pretty vacant now. Most people have been moved away from their homes because it is scheduled to be demolished. Sort of steel panels put up on doors and windows. Before the panels were put up, it, it just looked exactly the same. Um, it's not in a state of disarray, but you can tell from the roofs and things that are growth. Uh, the windows have, you can tell they haven't been replaced in a long time. They're sort of, you know, the, the wood is chipped on the outside. When I lived in East Whitleyburn, uh, I, was, I was quite young and we actually lived in four different houses in the same street, Stafford Road in East Whitleyburn. Um, that was because my, my parents had a lot of problems with neighbours. This is just the back of my old house, so it's the second one up here. Violet, my daughter, I like showing her pieces of my past because it helps her understand where I came from and who she is. I think it's important for her to see the differences in different uh, places that you can live, different styles of houses, different places like like this, this is a council estate. Um, the hope that I had to get a house within the council was, it wasn't really there. Um, I've, I've been on the housing list quite a few times for a few years and I've had no luck. Um, I have put down a wide variety of choices, but unfortunately there is a very low housing stock and the housing stock that is available, it tends to be in areas with a very high turnover, um, undesirable areas because of things like crime rates and uh, antisocial behaviour, things like that. You know, sometimes there's a bit of a stigma about council estates and things and um, people can be quite judgmental about the people who live there. Um, but I find they're uh, a lot of really hard-working people. This is obviously a council estate and this is where I grew up. Now I'm 30 years old, uh, just moved back, back into the area and I live in West Whitleyburn now. I was a little bit apprehensive about moving into a tower because I've never lived in a tower block before apart from being a young child and uh, I was pleasantly surprised by the community feel of it. Wanting to like ask if like before it gets locked down if I could actually like if there's a key so I could see inside it. <laughs> like, this is the first home I've ever properly had and I, I, I don't plan on moving again. I've 
I've decorated it all, I've put carpets in, I've really laid down my roots. The, the amenities there are, are, you know, I'm really appreciating it every day. I've, um, I, I didn't realise from the outside looking in how, how good the, the flats can actually be. The rent is a, is a very good affordable price, um, much better than what I was paying before, but also factored into the rent price is the 24 hour concierge service. I feel great knowing that there's, you know, there's cameras everywhere, they're looking out for you. You know, if your smoke alarm goes off, they phone you straight away. Kids, kids are happy wherever they live. It's the adults that notice the, the lack of repairs and things, but kids are happy wherever they are. I think it's it's everybody's right to have affordable housing, to be living in somewhere where you're safe um, and affordable. And that's what we're in the business of, making sure that we can improve the quality of life for everybody living in South Lanarkshire. To help people that struggle, not everybody can afford the deposits to buy houses. But there's the population's getting, it's growing every day, so we all need somewhere to call their own. Everybody's entitled to a roof over their head. Yeah. That's just, it's a basic need. You know, if you look at Maslow's hierarchy, then, you know, the first thing is the shelter, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So if you don't have that, you don't have anything. Lots of people can't afford to save up the big, huge deposit you need nowadays to buy. There are too many homeless people out there that cannot get on the housing market. Social housing. Um, that's such a thing as social housing. You know, I think they've kind of lost track of social housing nowadays, like, you know. You know in my opinion, anyway, like, you know, they've lost track of what social housing's all about. As I say, but I'm old and cynical now. <laughs> <laughs> Levels of social affordable building, however, are not that much greater than they were in the first half of the 2000s. This is an achievement in spite of austerity, I think is the way to think about it. I mean, the, the whole thing about austerity and running your country like a, a house, in essence, and that you can't spend more than you make, is awkward because a country isn't a house. So as much as it does look like there's a lot of building going on, I don't think we will see the positive impact for a while yet. Councils will never have all the resources they need. They will always have to prioritise. They're always going to have to take difficult decisions about what the most important thing to invest in to improve the quality of life for people in their, in their areas. Uh, last year, over 36,000 people made a homeless application to their local authority, um, which is a rise in the year before. And the way that, in the system that we have, in the society that we have, you need to have investment in order to continually be able to provide what you have in the past. If you just keep cutting and cutting and cutting, then there is going to be a point where you cannot do what you've done in the past. The UK government had a white paper back in 2017, which was called How Do We Fix This Broken Housing Market? It says it all in there, and that's the Conservative government saying that. This has been Democracy on Your Doorstep podcast by Gianni Marini and Greg Ockham. Music was provided by Tone and Groove. More information can be found on our website 